Happy Easter. All right, kids, I know there's a lot of you. Help your parents and the adults. Happy Easter. I know, friends, it's not actually Easter Sunday, but we're in the season of Eastertide. From now until May 28th, this in the church calendar is Easter. It's the Easter season. And also, every Sunday, we celebrate once again Easter, that Jesus is alive, that Christ is risen, that Christ is risen indeed. So every Sunday is a little reminder of Easter again. Now I know that it's not the big crowds of last Sunday and that sadly the animals are gone. I'd have them here every week. And the, that the lilies and the palms, they've all been replanted and the biscuits have been replaced by our routine donuts. And most of us aren't in our finest. And my parents who live just outside of Ev Augusta and Evans, Georgia, have told me all the master's patrons they've gone home to. And on the calendar here, it's known as Low Sunday, also unofficially and unceremoniously known as Associate Sunday. Yeah, we know it's not Easter, but I would argue that today, that this Sunday and the next Sundays might be even more important than Easter Sunday. And y'all might be going, how in the world could this Sunday be more important than last Sunday? Last Sunday is when we gathered to remember that the Old Testament prophecies were fulfilled, that the gospel story is true that Jesus is alive, that death has been overcome, that love wins. How is anything more important than that? Well, friends, that is true, but that is easy to celebrate with the crowd. And it is easy to do that on the mountaintop. From the view from the mountaintop is good. And it is easy to do when everybody else gathers. But how hard is that to remember in the midst of the routine and the day-to-day? -day? How hard is it to gather when everybody else is gone and the crowds are small and when folks are doubting like Thomas and those on the road to Emmaus are questioning and life is returned to normal and everything seems pretty pedantic and pretty challenging and things go wrong and you're back to the routine and rhythms and no one has spring breaks and there's no fanfare and it's kind of boring and nothing is special. Maybe today is a little bit more important to remember. Jesus, Savior. Jesus, Lord. Jesus, Victor. Jesus, Alive. Jesus, Messiah. Messiah also translated Christ, meaning deliverer. You see, on a day like today, we got to remember that all those things are true. And it's a little harder to do when there's not so much fanfare, excitement, or celebration. You see, we've been waiting. The Jews have been waiting for thousands of years for this promise to come true. And sometimes they did it well. They got it right. And then, as some of y'all know, sometimes 
sometimes they didn't get it quite so right waiting for this promised Messiah. Wait for the next couple weeks. We're going to be doing a sermon series on judges. And the reason there were judges was because the people needed to be judged. They got it wrong. They made mistakes. They'd been disobedient. And it wasn't that they just needed saving from the Babylonians and the Assyrians and the Romans. The people, more importantly, needed saving from their brokenness, their selfishness, their isolation, and their pride, their sinfulness. They needed to be saved and redeemed and restored. They needed to be returned to the God who had made a covenant with them, who wanted to be with them, and they had left that God. And so who would save them? Jesus. Who will save us? Jesus. So Jesus promised in the book of Numbers, proclaimed in Isaiah, revealed in the gospel, I am, I am the bread of life. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the resurrection. Jesus, who would be accepted by the outcasts and the women and the children and the faithful, but Jesus, who would be accepted by the sinner, those who would come and follow. Jesus, who would be known by the doubters like Thomas, those who would learn to believe and be redeemed like Paul, those who would tell the story over and over and over again so one day we too would hear and know and believe. Today we come to the end of the story. We jump from the gospel last week to Revelation this week. And I invite you to hear for the first time or the next time, Revelation 5, 9 through 10, and also Revelation 19, 1. An invitation from John to the people to continue to keep trusting in Jesus. Hear it this day. And it says, And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on earth. And then jumping ahead to Revelation 19, the first verse after this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Amen. John knew what was coming and desired for us to get a vision of what was to come. The promise, the invitation to keep singing. As many of you know, you have the invitation to come back this afternoon at 4 o'clock. Our choir will be joining together with an orchestra to sing parts 2 and 3 of Handel's Messiah. Handel's Messiah is broken into three parts. They won't be doing the first part. The first part of Handel's Messiah proclaims the prophecy of the birth of Jesus. The second and third part they'll do this afternoon. The second part tells the story of what it means for Jesus to redeem humanity by dying on the cross. And then the third part, Jesus' heralded resurrection. They'll sing these scriptures we heard today in Revelation 
They'll sing of Jesus slain. They'll sing of Jesus' blood to redeem us. They'll sing of Jesus' faithfulness. They'll sing of victory over death. They'll proclaim the glorious hallelujahs. They'll intertwine voice and instrument so that you will recall salvation and glory and power belong to our God. Their hard work will allow them to sound like angels. And I hope you'll join with me to listen to them. Because as some of you might know, I might like to talk, but I don't really sing very well on key. I tend to sing a little more off key. You see, I tend to sing a little low, as Michael Devine would say. I might sing it as well with my soul, but I don't always sing it so well that you would want me behind a microphone. And so I won't be singing this afternoon. But I'll tell you, when I am in this room, I sing. Not because I sing well, but I sing with an audience of one. I sing because Jesus is worthy of being praised. I sing because Jesus is alive. I sing because the angels sing, and I sing because the saints of old sing. I sing because singing teaches us scripture. I sing because singing teaches us who we are supposed to be of followers of Jesus Christ. I sing because it reminds me of who I am as a part of the community of faith. When you come in this place, I hope you sing, even if you sing off key. So kids and adults, I hope when you come to worship that you sing Charles Wesley said, John Wesley's brother, the founder of Methodist, Charles, who was a prolific song, songwriter, said, sing lustily, not lustfully, there's a difference, lustily, sing with gusto, sing with conviction, sing to the one who is worthy of praise. And so, y'all, I sing, sometimes loudly and often off-key, but I sing and I invite you to do the same. And whether you're singing the songs on these streams or you're singing along the new songs that Matt has just shared with us, the faith we sing, these Charles Wesley songs, I hope you've downloaded them. You've gotten them off Spotify or Apple or wherever you find your favorite Christian music. I hope that you are singing the songs of faith because that is what scripture invites us to do, to sing old songs and new songs because Jesus is worthy of our praise. But I got to tell you, not only do I sing somewhat poorly, I sing when life is good on days like Easter Sunday when the crowds are large and the people are kind. But I sing when life is at its worst, when the days are hard and the days are long and when things don't go their way. Because you know what? Sometimes, y'all, sometimes life is off key. Sometimes life is broken. If you take just a moment, I bet you can think of something that isn't going quite the way you want it to go right now. And I'm guessing it's not only the way that you don't want it to go, but if I would be so bold, I'm guessing there's something that's going not so well and it's not the way that God wants it to go either. Because we live in a hurting and broken world. This isn't the kingdom that God intends us for. That kingdom is to come. That's the promise that John writes about in Revelation. You see, we go from mountaintops to valleys. For death on this side of heaven still has a sting. We go from Easter to routine. We go from Easter Sundays to low Sundays. We go from mountaintops to valleys. 
We go from health to sickness, and sometimes cancer returns. Sometimes sickness returns. Sometimes the kids are cranky and our parents are challenging. Sometimes the traffic is slow and the tempers are too fast. Sometimes the bills are high and the patience is low. Any given day ending in Y, something could go wrong. And I'm guessing if we had enough time, you could tell us something that you not only want, but something you need from Jesus. And maybe you haven't gotten that prayer answered yet in the way you want. And you are waiting patiently or not so patiently for that to be fixed. And friends, in the midst of this hurting and broken world, we are called to keep singing. For there is too much violence and too much loneliness and too much hurt. And there is sickness of heart and mind and soul. And there are systems and structures and people that are concurrently suffering and suffocating and also starving. This isn't the kingdom of God. This isn't what God intended. And we are called to strive for something better and different. We're called to work for a place where the lion and the lamb can lay down together. For communities of peace and hope and healing. Communities of justice and mercy. A place of generosity and compassion. A place where Christ's reign and rule is evident. A place where love wins because Jesus wins. And until that day, what are me and you called to do? What are we called to do? Well, we keep singing. And not just singing, my friends. Because singing is a part of the equation, but it's not the only thing. We're called to keep worshiping. And maybe I'm preaching a little bit to the proverbial choir because you showed up on this low Sunday. Right? But we invite our friends to keep showing up even on the not-so-big days where there's nothing so special. But we keep praying and we keep reading the scriptures and we keep serving and we keep loving and we keep forgiving and we keep sitting in the silence. And we keep giving and we keep tithing and we keep asking hard questions and we keep tending to the gardens and we keep proclaiming hallelujah even when we are off key and even when the world is off key. And friends, we don't do it alone. If I had to do this thing called faith and trusting in Jesus alone, if I'm really honest, even as a pastor, I might have given up. I might have quit. Not because Jesus isn't faithful and not because Jesus isn't working, because Jesus is. But sometimes I don't have the eyes to see or the heart to believe. This world lies to us. But because of community, because of friends, because of mentors, because of you, we keep showing up. Because of community and co-laborers and beloved brothers and sisters in the faith, fellow sojourners, I ask for help. And you actually help me. You help me open that jar. You read to me the scriptures and you sing to me the songs and you pray for me when I don't have the words to pray for me. When I am weak, you are strong. And when I need help, you have an answer. And when I doubt, you keep holding on to faith. And when I need help, like, this, like the one who is sick in the Gospel of Luke, you put me on the mat and you carry me to Jesus. Friends, we do this together. So when life gets hard, don't do it alone. Let us help one another. Let us pray for you. Let us care for you. Let us tend for you. Let us not grow weary. Let us continue to run the race. 
Let us push with perseverance. As Reverend Sarah reminded the kids and James, we will be tested. And that testing requires faithfulness. Romans 5, 3 through 5 reminds us, we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And some of y'all are thinking, I don't want quite so much hope. I am tired of suffering and I am tired of persevering. But I believe in the promises. I believe in the hope to come. And so we trust that the Holy Spirit is not only working within us, but around us. And that Jesus is faithful and true. And that we will be delivered one day. For we have a Messiah who is faithful and true. Why? Because God doesn't give up on us. He's victorious over the grave. When death still stings, we remember we, each and every one of us, our sins were bought with a price. We were purchased by God for eternity. Recently, I heard a story of an older couple. It was a husband and a wife. They lived in a community that had multi-levels of care. You're probably familiar with this. Maybe you've had parents or you know, aunts and uncles, someone you've known who've lived. And the wife lived in the apartment, and the husband was in the memory care unit. Unfortunately, his memory was slipping. He did not remember most of his youth, and at times he didn't remember everyone he loved. But most days, the wife would go and meet her husband and put him in the wheelchair and roll him back over to the apartment. And they would tell stories and play cards, but often they would sing together. Because as you know, or maybe you've heard, we tend to remember songs. Songs trigger something deep in our soul. And they would sing together. She would often sing in English, and he would sing in German, and they would sing these hymns together. Well, in 2020, they were still living in this community. And you and I know what happened in 2020. COVID. She was not able to go and meet with her husband, and she was incredibly worried that during this time he would forget her. That by the time that they would be able to reconnect, that he would not know who she was. Seven weeks would pass before they would be connected again. And the memory care unit was able to work with her to able to connect them through Zoom. At that time, they didn't know what Zoom is, much like we didn't. Now we all know Zoom, right? And they had 30 minutes a day to connect. And they spent most of their time singing together, singing the faith, reconnecting through song, reconnecting with one another, but reconnecting with God. And she would end every session with her husband saying these three things. I love you. I miss you. I will not leave you. I love you. I miss you. I will not leave you. Thankfully, both of them made it through COVID long enough to be reunited, to see each other in person. We know not every story ended that way, but what I know is there is one who is greater than that. One who says over and over to us every day, I love you. I miss you. I will not leave you. That's what Jesus says to us on our best days and on our worst days. I love you. I miss you. I will not leave you. I have bought you with a price. I am for you and not against you. 
Believe in the promises, even in the darkest of valleys or on the highest of mountains. Our Messiah, our Deliverer, reigns and rules. And so we proclaim, whether we do it on key or off key, we proclaim, hallelujah, my God reigns. Let us pray. Glorious Messiah, Jesus, you rule and you reign. You show up for us not just on Easter Sunday one time when all is well and all is right. You show up when life is hard, when life is difficult, when we are sad, when we are depressed, when we are lonely, and when we are overwhelmed. And you still rule and you still reign and your promises are still true. And so we come to stay, oh God, saying, it is well with my soul because we trust in you and we will have patience and when we will persevere and when, when we cannot, we will invite the community of faith to help us to do so. So dear God, thank you for being faithful unto us. Give us the strength to sing the songs of faith so that we can be faithful unto you until our days are done and we join you once again. We proclaim, hallelujah, Christ is risen. Amen. <laughs>